Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to tell you a little different story about a 16-year-old who was murdered in her home. This case is a little different because it is solved and the murderer is now in prison. I felt like we have done so many unsolved cases lately, and I was needing a happier ending. This is the story of Emma Walker. So grab yourself a double shot of espresso and let's dive in. Emma Jane Walker was born March 20th, 2000 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Her parents were Mark and Jill Walker, and her brother was named Evan. Everyone described Emma as the sweetest person you would know. She was super friendly and loved to spend time with her peers. Emma had goals to be a NICU nurse and planned to attend college and major in nursing. When Emma was a freshman at Central High School, she tried out for the cheer squad and was the only freshman to make the squad. One of the senior girls on the squad became good friends with Emma. Her name was Lauren Hutton, and she said that, quote, Emma took cheerleading very seriously. She really loved doing it. It was one of her passions. She loved leading and loved football games. She loved just being part of crowd appeal, end quote. I was looking at her Twitter. She was very active on Twitter, and... She always posted on Fridays, like, can't wait for the game tonight. And, like, throughout the week, she would post how excited she was for Friday. Like, it was very obvious that she was a dedicated cheerleader and she was, she really enjoyed and had a passion for the sport. One night at a game, one of the football players named Riley Gall saw Emma cheering and became pretty enticed by her. Riley was a junior at the time and played as the wide receiver for Central High School. So a little bit of background about Riley. He was being raised by his grandparents. He loved to play video games with his friends and was a great student. He was described by his friends and by his classmates that he was the jokester in the class and he was pretty funny. He was also described as the nerdy type, as a huge fan of Star Wars, which shout out to our editor Bryce because that's him. Riley and Emma started hanging out and became boyfriend and girlfriend. When Emma's parents first met Riley, they said that he was a great guy and he came in and gave them a very positive first impression. He was very polite and likable. Emma's mom described him as the boy next door type and her father said that Riley was very well-mannered and had and he had no problem with the two of them going out together on their own to go to eat or to go to games. Emma was constantly posting photos on social media and making posts about how happy she was with Riley and how much she loved him. Emma's friend said that Riley didn't really talk to them or want to hang out in groups with them at all. At first, they thought that maybe he was just shy, but after a while, they started to be really concerned. They all realized that Riley was slowly isolating Emma from them. He didn't hang out with her friends because he didn't want her to hang out with them. Riley wanted Emma to himself and to not have other friends as a distraction from their relationship. He was slowly starting to control Emma and her decisions, who she talked to, and what she did. For two years, Riley and Emma's relationship was not perfect. They would constantly break up for some reason and then always get back together, which is pretty typical for a lot of high school relationships. Yeah, I think that's more common than not. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's always the you meet somebody you really like, but you're in high school, you're growing, you're changing, you're becoming your own person. And 
it you just grow apart over time. Yeah, Erica knows I have a pretty strong opinion on high school relationships. I don't necessarily believe in them. I realize that they work out for some people, but I just think at that time in your life, you're still molding so much into who you are that you have to find yourself before you can find someone who's going to be the right fit. And obviously, there's, you know, stories where it works out and they did find the person. But growing up in the small community we did, I think there's a lot more out there that you need to experience before you find that person. Yeah. So... Riley and Emma were trying to find themselves, trying to find if they should be together, and they were breaking up a lot, but they always got back together. And it wasn't always because it was something that both Riley and Emma wanted. It seemed more like it was something that Riley was kind of pushing on Emma. Like, we have to get back together because X, Y, and Z. So, friends of Emma and Riley said that they were constantly having arguments over text or Snapchat, and they said it was always super dramatic, which, what else are you supposed to expect of a couple that age? Like, everyone's dramatic at that age. (laughs) Definitely true. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I expected, but apparently Riley was always super dramatic about it, and Riley's need to control Emma just grew over time. He started to think that he had control over the clothing that Emma wore. He would tell her that it was okay or not okay to wear a certain outfit and when she could wear each outfit. Emma's mom eventually got tired of it and was concerned, so she had a conversation with Emma about it. Riley then started to follow Emma. He was reported to even wait outside the supermarket that Emma worked at for hours while she was working. Friends and family expressed their concerns to Emma about Riley, but she always just brushed them off and would, of course, get back together with Riley, which, once again, typical teenager, you don't want to hear the opinion of your parents or your friends or anybody whose opinion doesn't align with what you want in that moment. You know, and I think a lot of times, yes, obviously teenagers, but just in relationships in general, that happens where you don't want to hear what you're not wanting to hear. You know what I mean? You don't want to hear the harsh truth. Yeah. And To you, it may not always seem like the truth, but it's always the people around you do have a good perspective. So at this point, Riley was starting to really show his true colors to Emma, but she felt like she really loved him. So she just kept giving him more and more chances, which he ended up sending her some really rude messages. And a couple of them, I'll read them to you. One was, quote, I hate you. I hate everything about you, end quote. And quote, you're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with, end quote. And the worst being, quote, you're dead to me, dot, dot, dot. I'll check the obituary, F you, end quote. So Emma's mom saw this and was rightfully super worried about it. I was going to say, I think my mom would be uh, hunting him down at that point. Yeah. So her mom was like, no, you're no, no more with this man. You cannot spend time with him. So her mom approached Riley about the message and he told her that he was just angry and he didn't mean it, but her parents really didn't care and they decided to ban him from their home and from seeing their daughter and went one step further and took Emma's phone away so that she couldn't communicate with him. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to go a certain way. It is, it's pretty easy to work around communicating without a phone. I feel like it is. I knew people in high school that when they got grounded would have other ways to talk. I mean, an iPod touch to text on. (laughs) 
I just aged us a little. It does. <laughs> Let me text you on my iPod. <laughs> I think they do it on computers now, right? Laptops? Because you can text on laptop, can't you? I used to be able to text on... I, I used to text on our home computer, but... Yeah. You couldn't be on it when somebody was calling because you couldn't be on the phone and the internet at the same time. Uh, was it like instant messenger or whatever back in the day? Yeah. Like the first emojis well, were those little pixelated. Yeah. And I used to be able to text on Yahoo. So anyways. <laughs> they, Shout out to Zach Olinsky if he listens. Me and him used to IM all the time back in the day. I used to IM with Thomas Owsley all the time. <laughs> Name drop. And Logan Puckett. I don't know if you remember him. I don't know who that is. Yep. There you go. There's it's okay. They're not listening. Probably. No. Well, and then of course my best friends, but there were a couple out there. Wasn't me at the time, guys. <laughs> no, we didn't get along. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee, and you can get some as well and save fifteen percent with our exclusive coupon code CrimePod15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Emma's parents were doing everything they could to keep Emma and Riley apart and to stop the relationship. But like I said, they were teenagers. It's really hard to listen to what your parents are telling you to do, especially when it's the opposite of what you actually want to do. Emma and Riley continued to talk even after everything. Riley ended up giving Emma an iPod touch (laughs) so that they could text when Emma was connected to Wi-Fi. Riley continued to say rude and inappropriate things to Emma, but would pretty quickly follow up with an apology and then tell her how much he loved her. Emma was still trying to date Riley in the fall of 2016, but Riley was attending Maryville College at this point, and so it was harder for the two to continue a relationship, but not impossible. It wasn't super far away, but I think it said it was like an hour and a half away. So in October of 2016, Emma ended up getting grounded by her parents and she wasn't able to go anywhere but school and cheerleading practice. Her parents were monitoring everywhere she was going, who she was talking to. They really just wanted to make sure that they were doing what was best for her, which I know as a teenager, that's not how you see it. But her dad said that this really seemed to work and she slowly became herself again. She would enjoy dinner with her family and actually talk to them. Keegan Lyle, a friend of Emma's, said that at one point, Emma texted him to say that she was done with Riley for good. Keegan said that he and her friends were all super happy to hear that he was no longer going to be in her life and controlling her and her every move. Riley, however, didn't agree with this breakup and decided without Emma, he had no reason to live. So he took a handful of Vicodin and chugged alcohol with them in an attempt to commit suicide. His friends said that he'd been talking about how he wanted to hurt himself, but they all really just felt like it was a cry for help and they never thought that he would actually go through with it. And the suicide attempt was a fail and he survived. And I struggle with that because I want to say luckily the suicide attempt failed. Mm -hmm. But I also don't know. (laughs) Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. November 18th, 2016 
Emma went to a party at her friend's house and around 11.30 that night, Emma pulled her friend Zach Green off to the side and showed him her phone saying that she was receiving some weird messages from a phone number that she didn't recognize. The text told Emma to come outside alone if she didn't want to see a loved one get hurt. The text directed her to go to her car with her keys alone and that they had someone she loved and that if she didn't comply, they were going to be hurt. Emma thought that it was someone playing a prank on her as I assume most people would probably think. So she texts back saying that she would call the police, hoping that it would deter whoever it was from doing it. And the next text said that if you'd like to hear his crying and screams, give him a call. At this point, she goes to Zach again and asks him to please help her because she just received a message that Riley had been dropped outside. Zach and Emma went outside and found Riley laying face down in a ditch near the house. They ran to Riley and he's holding his head as if he had been hit in the head and he was acting super confused. Riley said that he had no idea how he had gotten there and told her that he had been kidnapped. He just kept asking how he got there and where he was. Zach said that it was a super weird situation and that Emma didn't know what to think, but told Riley that he needed to leave her alone because they had broken up and they were done. And so she clearly didn't believe this yeah. story. Emma was like, no, that's this isn't a real <laughs> kidnapping. You're yeah, this is Riley making doing Riley up. stuff. Yeah, she knew that it was Riley's way to get attention and maybe for her to feel bad for him in some way. Either way, Riley ended up walking away from Emma and called his friend Noah Walton to tell him about the kidnapping. But Noah didn't believe him either. So all of his friends were like, just stop, go to sleep, ignore it. Noah said that Riley told him that he had been knocked out, thrown into a van, and was unsure of where he was. But when Noah told Riley to call the cops about it and report it, he was adamant about not reporting it. So this kidnapping, if you want to call it, was never reported. The fact that he didn't want to report somebody kidnapping him, hitting him in the head, throwing him in a van, dropping him off at this random, like, it just seems super sketchy and there were apparently multiple things that were showing that Riley was not telling the truth. So on November 19th, 2016, the next morning, Emma was home alone and someone started to ring her doorbell over and over again. She stated that she was terrified. So she called one of her friends and told them that a man in all black had been at her door ringing the bell and she was scared that she was going to die. She ended up texting Riley saying that she hated him, but she needed him in the moment. Riley immediately responded and said that he was on his way and speeding and he would be there soon. Riley showed up to talk to Emma and shortly later in the morning, Emma's mom came home to check on Emma as she was supposed to meet her mom somewhere and she failed to come meet her. And when she got home, she saw Riley and Emma sitting in the front yard talking and Emma's mom said that she was super mad when she saw Riley there because Emma was not supposed to have him at the house. And she got out of the car and told Riley to leave, but he said that he was trying to help and make sure Emma was okay. But her mom was super insistent that he leave because she was there now and it was fine. And he eventually left. Emma's mom said that Emma was definitely scared and thought that maybe it was a burglar or a stalker, but her mom, Jill, didn't believe it was a random person that was at their house that morning. Jill told Emma that it was most likely Riley that was doing it. Riley had faked his own kidnapping and then tried to scare her that morning so that he could get her attention and get her to talk to him. Emma just kept telling her mom that he wouldn't do that though and that it wasn't him. Emma's mom and dad were concerned for her and they followed her to work and back home on the 19th to make sure she made it okay. 
that night, Emma texted her friend about a homework assignment and then went to bed shortly after around midnight. Overnight, Emma's dad woke up to the sound of someone slamming the door and then heard it a second time. So he got up to check on what was going on. He peeked in Emma's room and she was laying there sleeping. He peeked in his son's room, who was also sleeping. And when he walked around the house, saw everything was okay, he just went back to bed. On November 21st, 2016, Jill went to wake Emma up for her school shortly after 6 a.m., but she couldn't wake her up, which was really weird because Emma was a morning person and was super easy to wake up for school. Jill was shaking her and kept trying to wake her, but she ended up looking at her face and realizing that she didn't have a pulse. She called 911 immediately and told them that her 16-year-old daughter wouldn't wake up for school. Police were immediately sent to her house. When they got there, they thought that Emma had committed suicide. That was everyone's first thought. Nikki Bowles, the forensic technician that arrived on the scene, started to take photos of the house and of the scene and noticed that there was a bullet hole in the bedroom wall. They started to investigate the outside of the home and noticed that there were two small bullet holes outside the home and they found two shell casings and knew that they were dealing with a homicide. The parents didn't hear any gunshots, though? That would have been the slamming door that the dad woke up to. Oh. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yep. So the exact location of the bullet holes showed that whoever had shot the gun was aiming specifically for Emma and knew where her room was and where she would be sleeping. Emma Walker had been killed by a single gunshot wound to the head just behind her left ear that had been fired from outside the home. The other bullet was stuck in her pillow. Jill said that the police and detectives were arriving at the home, but no one was telling her anything, and her parents just had no idea what had happened for a while. And then later that day, police were interviewing Emma's friends and family, and the only name that kept being mentioned by everyone they interviewed was... Riley, I assume? Good guess. Yes, Riley Gall. Everyone talked about how controlling Riley was and all of the text messages that he had sent to her. Riley then later that day started posting on social media about how much he was going to miss Emma and tweeted saying, quote, rest easy now, sweetheart. I love you forever and always, end quote. Had it been like released what was going on yet? Yeah, so it had been released that she was dead, but everyone at the school kind of assumed that she had committed suicide. And it hadn't yet been released that it was a homicide. The night after Emma died, her friends and peers held a candlelight vigil at the school and the cheerleaders released balloons in her memory at the football game that Friday night. Riley's friends were worried about him. His friend Alex McCarty went to police and told them how Riley had stolen his grandfather's gun after he had been kidnapped because he didn't feel safe. Riley had apparently even shown it to his friends. Because you guys can't see, Erica definitely did air quotes about kidnapped. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I just, I don't believe it. After Emma died, his friends were just really concerned that he might use the gun to try to commit suicide again. And so they told police about it. They also told police that Riley had asked one of his friends how he could remove fingerprints from a gun, which is... That's a little concerning. It's a little suspicious. I mean, do you need to remove your fingerprints from something unless it's a murder weapon? Also, can't you just wipe them off? (laughs) I mean... I feel like you could just wipe it off, but I I guess he was looking for some specific method. I don't know. I don't know. 
The police bring Riley in for questioning Monday night and ask him about his weekend. He told them that he was with his friend Noah on Friday night and that he thinks he spent the night, but he couldn't remember. And I watched this interview with him and as they were like interrogating him and he was just super weird about the whole thing. It was literally them asking him, where were you Friday night? Uh, I think I spent the night at Noah's. But I'm not really sure. Maybe. Eh. No, 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 no. I, I definitely spent the night at Noah's that night. And I just feel like you should remember where you stayed the night, like, two nights ago. They even ask, they're like, you can't remember if you stayed at somebody else's house or if you stayed at your grandparents' house. The other thing that he was doing that was weird, which is a lot of times a telltale sign, he wouldn't refer to Emma as Emma. He was referring to Emma as the girl, which... It's kind of dissociating yourself from the situation. So anytime that they would ask like a question about it, he would just say the girl. And when they asked which girl, he would just say the one that passed away. Yeah, that's definitely very weird since he had such a close relationship with her for him to say the girl. Mm-hmm. That's like me and you, re- like I'm talking about you. I'm just like, yeah, the girl. Like, yeah. That's weird. Well, it's like in we talked about the solder or the beaumont children where they were like asked for a ice cream for the man or something like that and it's like you don't refer to people as that typically that's just odd so the detectives talked about how he seemed to be a grieving boyfriend at first but they quickly saw that he didn't have any concern for the situation riley told the police that over the weekend he had been trying to help emma with a paper and He used a friend's phone to call her because she had blocked his phone number and she didn't like the way the call was going and she ended up blocking that number as well. They'd apparently had Riley said that they had some sort of deal where if he helped her with the paper, she would unblock his number and they could talk again. So that was why he was calling her from a friend's phone. There was no evidence behind that being a thing. Riley said that after he had gotten off the phone with her on Sunday night, he drove to his grandparents' house and spent hours crying in his car, and that was his alibi for the night of the murder. And it really wasn't looking good for Riley. When detectives asked him about the gun that his friend said he had, he immediately denied that he'd ever had a gun and or that he'd even asked about removing fingerprints from a gun. Riley eventually left the interrogation and immediately Noah and Alex started to receive text messages from Riley yelling at them for telling police about the gun. Riley then texted all of his friends and told them not to talk to the police about him or Emma anymore. Noah and Alex didn't believe that Riley was innocent. They were starting to believe that he had something to do with Emma's death, so they suggested that they go undercover to find out if Riley murdered Emma. The police agreed and they wired Noah and Alex up and they gave them a hidden camera and a key fob to go and talk to Riley. So when they first got there, they're just playing video games, having fun, just kind of waiting. And then Riley starts to ask them to help him hide the gun someplace so that no one would find it. And Noah and Alex agree because they're in on this sting. And He said he was afraid it was going to make him a suspect in the case, even though he was innocent. And he was very adamant. Like, anytime he said anything about the gun, he was like, he just kept saying, they're going to try to pin this on me, but I'm innocent. Like, as soon as he would say it. So, Riley was even trying to convince Noah and Alex to tell police that they had been on LSD and been drinking alcohol and 
they made up the whole story about him having his grandfather's gun. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Noah and Alex don't agree to tell the police about the LSD and the alcohol. I don't even know that they really said that if they were going to do anything or if they were just still trying to go along with Riley. So they just agreed to let, like, let's go hide this gun, bury it. We'll get rid of it. Police followed Riley and Noah and Alex as they went to a wooded area near the Tennessee River. When they got there, Riley and his friends got out to bury the gun, but Riley also happened to be burying gloves and black clothing, and they were all in a bag. Didn't she talk about someone being dressed in black clothing outside her door? Yep, harassing her. So police immediately come in after, police immediately come in to arrest Riley at this scene. And police do believe that that black clothing was what was worn the day that somebody was ringing her doorbell repeatedly. Riley was arrested for the murder of Emma Walker, and his trial took place in May of 2018. And his attorney tried to say that he never meant to kill her, but he was shooting the gun to try and scare her. However, it only took five hours before the jury found Riley guilty of first-degree murder, stalking, theft, reckless endangerment, and being in possession of a firearm. He was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 51 years when he would be 71 years old. At the sentencing hearing, Riley apologized to Emma's parents for killing their daughter, but kept saying that it was an accidental shooting and he didn't mean to kill her. His exact words were, quote, I'm sorry I took Emma from you, that I robbed you of the experience of watching your daughter grow up. What I can do is tell the truth about that night. I wanted to scare her. I never meant to take Emma's life. Again, I am sorry. End quote. Look, if you don't want to take someone's life, don't shoot bullets into their room. I agree. Maybe he really didn't show up at the house that night with the intention of killing her. I can see that. And, you know, he clearly was having some internal issues and mental issues. And, you know, I can understand and respect that maybe, I mean, he clearly wasn't in the right mind. But... I think at this point, you need to own up to what you did, whether or not you meant to shoot her, you need to apologize and just really take responsibility for what you did and what you took and how much that is impacting her family. Exactly. So Emma's mom, Jill, really wants this story to bring awareness to domestic violence because Emma was in an abusive relationship and controlling relationship and a relationship that she really just didn't deserve. So I'm going to go into some details and some facts about domestic violence. So domestic violence is defined as a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Domestic abuse can consist of physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, or digital abuse. It is a wheel of power and control. There is the lovey-dovey period, then the abuse happens, then an apology follows that up, sometimes with a gift or some sort, sometimes with a gift of some sort, and then it starts over. This was something that we saw in Emma's case, where Riley was controlling, would verbally abuse her, apologize, and then things would be good, and it just continued happening over and over and over. Newhope.org says... Newhope.org has a few facts about domestic violence that I'm going to read to you. The first one, most domestic violence incidents are never reported. One in four women will experience domestic violence during her lifetime. The same number of LGBTQ individuals also experience domestic violence. Women ages 20 to 24 are at the greatest risk of becoming victims of domestic violence. 
Domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women, more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. Every nine seconds in the U.S., a woman is assaulted or beaten. Every year, one in three women who is a victim of homicide is murdered by her current or former partner. If you are currently in a domestic violence relationship and need help, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. All calls are free and confidential. Once again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepot at outlook.com. If you would like to support us, go to anchor.fm forward slash erica-abby. Donations to our podcast are greatly appreciated and go into making the podcast possible. If you like us, you can recommend us or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us on your podcast listening medium. Thank you so much.